Hey, listen. Do you want to find out more about tabletop and live role-playing games, but not too sure where to start? Do you want to play a lot of different role-playing systems, but don't have time to try them all? Do you want to listen to new and exciting adventures, but without the long, boring character creation episodes or filler story arcs? Well, you're in luck. Check out What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Available on the website, that's www.wairpodcast.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, adventures need not apply. Welcome one and all to Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play role-playing games. My name is Matt Boothman. I am your compere for this backstage episode from our main house production. I'm joined backstage in the uh, pandemic bunker uh, by Strat. Hello. Uh, by Ellie. Hello. And by subject of today's backstage episode, uh, Mr. Christopher P. Starkey. Hello. Everybody excited to hear what uh, sort of old man Starkey is going to come up with today? <laughs> yes, I've got my uh, care home booking ready. <laughs> Don't worry, Starkey, we'll get you looked after. <laughs> Be better. Making jokes at your expense, Starkey, but feel free to play against type if you want to. Absolutely. Very free. Oh, you, know, you know what? This might be a young person. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Could you stretch that far? Are you just going to go opposite end of the spectrum and it's like, I'm three years old. <laughs> <laughs> My mental age. So tell us, first of all, uh, which, which playbook is it that you're playing? I am the wronged. And so this, this wasn't your first choice. We had uh, a bit of a, a clash for the divine right up the top there. So it wasn't your first choice, but, but what is it that like, uh, made you feel comfortable settling with this one in the end? Um, like, what do you like about it as a player? Well, when, when, I, when I ever play like a role-playing game, I do enjoy being the frontliner. I like hitting things hard <laughs> and not having to think too much about it. <laughs> and, um, and when sort of reading about this character and some of the gear that this guy gets, something just resonated. And we'll, we'll come to that later on, I think. But um, yeah, I like being the guy at the front who is smacky-smacky. Okay. And I think this might be this person. That sounds about right. Yes. This is the sort of the the typical um like media version of the wronged is the punisher. Yes. My family were murdered and now I must avenge them. Absolutely. Is that the main one in your mind? Oh yes. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, the only research I've done is watching Daredevil series two, <laughs> episodes one to four. <laughs> um, because it's just amazing. And the Punisher in that series is amazing. It's a good version of that character. 
Cool. So there's a couple of ways that we can approach character creation in these games. Uh, you can kind of have a concept in mind and pick the options from the playbook that fit it, or we can just go through each of the bits of the playbook, pick an option you like the look of and see what sort of character you've got at the end of it. So w- which way, where on that spectrum do you think you're going to fall today? Um, I've, I've done a little bit of prep. Yep. So I'd like to go maybe somewhere down the middle. Like I'm, okay. I'm happy to go through each sort of section and then mm-hmm. go with what I've come up with and then see if we come up with something better. Okay, great. So I'm happy to be quite flexible, but I have a vague idea of backstory Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can think of something more interesting, because I think this guy could be one of the more vanilla characters if we're not <laughs> careful, or at least the most tropey, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, potentially. So I'm, I'm happy to sort of make it a bit more interesting than what I've come up with. We don't want to um, risk you becoming Liam Neeson. Mm, I have a very special set of skills. <laughs> Pretty good with an egg whisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dynamite in the kitchen. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, the the (laughs) monster of the week playbooks uh, ambitiously suggest that you start by picking a name uh names are obviously very difficult do you want to start with a name or do you want to do i have come up with a name great it was a name my name is cameron okay cameron jarvis is my name very cool otherwise known as cam cool not cj then not never cj (laughs) not cam cam cammy cam cam jarv no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your consideration. <laughs> I feel like that was an in-character response. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we start with your look, uh, Cameron's look. Uh, you get some options for gender presentation, some options for eyes, and some mm-hmm. options for clothes. So uh, do you have particular options on there that you like the look of? Yeah, so I'm definitely a man. Okay. Um, the three options are man, woman, or concealed. Yeah. And I am definitely a man. All right. Uh, my eyes, my eyes options, lots of eyes options here. They're sad eyes, they're icy eyes, angry eyes, untouchable eyes, emotionless eyes, hurt eyes, or harrowed eyes. I quite like the idea of some sort of <laughs> punisher <laughs> type with puppy dog eyes walking around. <laughs> it's a little bit mopey. But it sounds like you're putting together a Mr. Potato Head. I know, right? Yeah. I'm actually going to go for icy eyes. Okay. So man, icy eyes, and mm-hmm. what about clothes? Yeah, I sort of found this quite difficult, actually. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of thought about the further gear that I was going to have that I sort of came up with an idea. Um, he's actually going to be wearing pretty impressive-looking biker leathers. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. But they look a bit chunkier than your usual biker leathers. Whereas biker leathers tend to be, because he's quite a physically fit-looking bloke, to be quite tight-fitting on him normally. They seem to be tactically a bit chunkier in certain places. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you've if you've got the eye for it, <laughs> do, I don't do, do, know do, what you're talking about. Are you talking about like a cod piece? <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Okay, okay, he's sorry. wearing a cup. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's just got his cricket cup for that. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll make more sense later on, Eddie. Okay, I'm excited. Just don't, just don't rush to the crotch. No, I think I'm just um, I'm just obviously becoming enormously attracted to your character, Starkey, and it's um, it's, it's unsettling. You've described him as yeah, he sounds good. He is. He's good in <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> that is, as you know, my main concern. And there might be other rooms he's pretty good in too. Yeah, like <laughs> the shed. A, is he good at duster. DIY? <laughs> no. He's got a garage for his bike. <laughs> Don't spoil us. But you're wearing biker leathers, I assume. Oh, yeah. 
You had Here's a bike. <laughs> oh, it, it would be really sad if you were wearing leathers and you did not have a bike. Here's a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to work out your vital statistics. Yes. You have some options for, for combinations of different stats. Uh, mm-hmm. As the wronged, uh, you're definitely going to have tough plus two. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you have various different options for, for what the combo of the other stats are. Yeah, I actually found this really hard to do. It's sort of difficult without having played the game and, and getting yeah. a solid handle on what the different stats are for. It was hard. Have you sort of narrowed it down at all? or should Yes. Okay. Because the combination I actually wanted doesn't exist. Oh, no. <laughs> so I didn't particularly want him to be... Well, okay, so the choice I've gone for is the following, which is charm plus one, mm-hmm. cool zero, sharp plus one, Tough two and weird negative one. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've gone for. So what, what was the what was the the hoped for stat line that it doesn't give you the option of? So I wanted to have cool plus one, sharp plus one, but charm zero. Okay. So I wanted him to be good under pressure, um, read a bad situation well, and then kick some ass out of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's particularly manipulating or charming. So, okay. but that, that's that's fine. Like, I, you know, these, these are all cool. I definitely wanted a weird negative one. I think that's really important for this guy. Okay, and and as you as you level up, you'll get options to yeah. to increase some of these. So, uh, mm-hmm. maybe we can get you there. A lot of his charm could just come from how sexy he is. That's true. He is pretty damn sexy. He doesn't need to be particularly, you know, good with words or manipulative. I guess he could just. Walk into a room and everyone goes, yes. He's padded out in all the right places. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is all I know about this character so far. (laughs) He's padded. (laughs) That's what they call me. What sort of age are we talking? Uh, Cameron. It's the important question for a Starkey character. Is mid-twenties. Oh my God. (laughs) My mind is blown. He's younger than you. He is younger than me. I think it's probably the first character I've ever played in any medium that's been younger than my actual age ever. A challenge, a new breaking new ground. That's right. Mm. And how will you know how to play a mid twenty year old when you've never yourself been that young? <laughs> I know I came out of the womb twenty eight. Exactly. Um, well. Even when I was mid-twenties, I acted like a 40-year-old, so I don't really know. We'll find out. It'll be... You have to go back further. Maybe you were acting mid-twenties when you were like 11 or 12. 12. Yeah. I certainly looked like a mid-twenties when I was 12. So. <laughs> it's because you insisted on wearing that suit every day. And the fake beard. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we are going to delve back into uh, Cameron's past, uh, because the next thing on the sheet is... Uh, working out in what way you were wronged. Oh, so yes. What, what makes you the wronged is that uh, you lost somebody to some sort of monster. So who did you lose? I lost my mother, my father, and my older sister. Oosh. No. I lost the big three. That's very, that's really sad. It is really sad. So were you the only survivor of the family? The youngest only survivor. And what did it? See, this is what I wasn't really sure about. Yeah, so we, we get to kind of workshop this a little bit, I think. I think mm. so. Mm. I also want to know how old you were when it happened. Yeah, that was my question as well. 
I was 10 years old. Oh, oh. maximum tragedy. <laughs> oh, a moppet. Not, <laughs> not, yet, not yet old enough for biker leathers. No, he had trainee leathers only. Oh. <laughs> Still got the stabilizers on the bike. Yeah, because um, yeah, the, the questions are, who, who did you lose? What did it? And why couldn't you save them? Yep. Do you want to know the names of my family? Absolutely. So my mother was called Gabby. My father was called Martin. And my sister was called Susie. No. Oh, such so normal much, names. So, so relatable. It's worse when you get the names as well. It's really sad. It is. The Jarvises. Cameron's a very sad boy. Do you know where it happened? I've got an idea. I, 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 yeah, this is something I think I'd like to sort of talk more about, really. The actual yeah. the way it happened. Yeah, go on. I've got talk no idea us. what did it. But I quite like the idea of it being doom's fault in some way oh yeah so i quite like the idea like that um the family are out doing something nerdy like stargazing or something like having a camping trip somewhere Hmm. and they're all just having a nice little campfire when suddenly this all god-awful beast comes roaring out of the bushes and maybe attacks them or takes them hostage or something just to try and like act as leverage against being chased by members of the hunters group Oh, I see. Yeah, he was being so the monster's being chased or something like this, and uh, and stumbles across my family in the chase, and tries to use them as leverage or something, and all goes horribly wrong. Uh, the do called their bluff. That's it. Yeah, or you could have it even so the do's like so at blame because they used basically used your family as bait. Sure, absolutely. They could have been like, this is a regular hunting ground for this creature, but we're just going to allow people to keep going there because we then will have a great setup for catching it. So, Absolutely. I kind of felt like I'd like um, the DA to be beholden to Cameron in some way. Okay, yeah. Like they take they, they raise him almost. Oh, so they realise the mistake they have made and take him in and... Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Or at least there wasn't, maybe there wasn't meant to be a survivor. Mm. And Do you reckon it was like an official thing that the DO did or somebody who was a member of the DO that felt bad? Like the, the DO as a whole was like, oh, well, collateral damage, but one of the hunters like took you in and did it maybe on the down low. I am more than happy to accept this situation. I quite like maybe like, you know, the whistler blade sort of situation is what mm. I sort of imagine. Yeah. yeah, so you've got the training, but it's like, but in an unofficial capacity. Like you, yeah. you know it. There's got... a relationship to DO, but it's kind of semi-unofficial. Mm. It could yeah. be that um, whoever it was that took you in only took you in in a sort of halfway by sending you to boarding school or something. But yeah, then maybe. you, you know, they they come and pick you up for... For holidays or something and then that's when you they may be really awkward and not good with kids so they're like what should we do oh i know i'll just teach you to fight that seems like <laughs> yeah, a yeah, normal, yeah. normal wholesome activity here's a gun <laughs> bye yeah, I, quite like that idea. I, mm. I think that almost sounds i don't know i sort of imagined it more like um he was put he, he's been through the ringer a bit more like it's mm-hmm. like foster care and uh, okay pretty pretty rough deal all, all round mm. and it's just that do that the do just keeps checking in on him yeah mm. Uh-huh. Well, there that may be might be the thing. It's the person it, like is worried, and yeah, as you say, checks in, and maybe your character's like is the one saying, "I want you to teach me so I can mm. defend myself." Yeah, I, I think he, he like the scarring of what he witnessed 
Yeah, and I guess there's a responsibility there because because if you you have actually remembered, you've had this traumatic event, that means you haven't forgotten the weirdness of it. Exactly. They almost have a responsibility to make sure you know enough about the weirdness to either protect yourself and you've gone one step further and are now fighting back against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely... It's almost like when the Dio arrived, they're kind of like his social worker that's coming to yeah. visit the family. Yeah. And and they, they take him off for weekends. Nice. And on these weekends, they're training him to deal with his trauma, but only the way they know how, <laughs> which is by teaching him how to do the twirly-whirly shotgun thing the Terminator does. <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of thing. Nice. Okay. So the, the what did it question, we know that like variations on your classic kind of mythological or hammer horror monsters exist. And, you know, all of the stuff that we have in horror fiction and movies and things are sort of based on somebody encountered one once and then forgot about it. And like, this is what their subconscious retained. So it's always like, maybe yes, but a bit removed. So we could do that. We could mine like your classic monsters and then put a twist on one. Or we could try and just come up with something more more off the wall. It's sort of the the real question is going to be what would be what would you think is cool for you to have some sort of fight or showdown with at some point in the story? Because that's like that's sort of what this bit of the playbook is about: is mm. you telling me I want to hunt this kind of monster at some point. Sure. I almost think it's... I don't want it to be like the big bad. I think that'd be a bit sure. naff. I kind of feel like this is just a really... Like one of the sort of low to medium monsters that... Like a ghoul or something, you know, like yeah. nothing... It's not, this isn't Dracula who's, that's killed his folks. It's sort of like an opportunistic beast. Yeah. So whether that be a werewolf or a ghoul or something like that that's stumbled across the family weirdly ghoul was the word that came to my mind when you talked about like something that sort of uh was cunning enough to take hostages and was also like around uh in the woods when you were having your campfire or, or what you know on the on mm. the hills when you were doing your stargazing or, or whatever it was yeah i think i think ghoul sounds like a fun one yeah cool well we don't we, unless you've got any ideas straight away we don't have to decide exactly like what that looks like or what they can do we can work that out later and we can for now we can just say ghoul sure but it sounds like it was maybe a particularly like it's a low level sort of creature but it's like a particularly vicious and cunning example of its kind yes so i think at some point we should probably name it this particular individual mm-hmm. another thing that occurred to me was that if if you like it is a kind of slightly special version of a ghoul and we're looking for a way for the Dio to be very much clearly to blame, it could be that they had captured the ghoul and then either accidentally or on purpose released it. Like maybe they were doing experiments or tracking mm-hmm. its behaviour. or So they are literally the only reason, because they had it in captivity and then they let it go. Oh, yeah, yeah, if they killed it straight away, that would have been fine, but they yeah. wanted to study it. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is, is kind of nice because the Dio is is about finding out and learning about the things, whereas Chris's character is about just kill the damn thing. I, who yeah. cares about what it is? Just it needs to be gone. Yeah, but don't Very let much. them get anybody else's family. Yeah. So the Dio are definitely uh, definitely have a big share of the blame, but we still also need to pick an option of why couldn't you save them? Yeah, so there are eight options here. Yeah. 
Uh, and you can pick one or more uh, yeah. depending on what you think works. So the eight are that I was at fault in some way, that I was being selfish, I was injured, I was weak, slow, scared, in denial or complicit in some way. And I've picked three here. Um, I've picked weak, slow and scared. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing I did actually have in the back of my mind, which we can use or not, is um, I quite like the idea that maybe this monster killed the family, but Cameron actually got one of them. Oh, yeah. So he, like, maybe brained one of the rock or something, or, like, he just he snapped. You know, having seen all three of his family go, and actually the, the DO find this kid who has, maybe maybe one of the ghouls has run away, but another one is there. Yeah. And there's a big smashed head caved in with this 10-year-old boy with ghoul viscera Mm. covered him and he's just like he was weak but now he's not he was slow but now he's not Mm. he was scared but he's never going to be scared again of these things Mm. yeah that's very cool yeah i can sort of see the tableau of this this agent who will become the sort of visitor that that meets you throughout your life sort of standing over you in that state Mm. It leaves him with a, a kind of thought of like, I was able to do it, so why didn't I do it quicker? Why didn't I do it when I had the chance? Constantly yeah. racked with guilt. Mm. So, uh, for moves, you get one as standard uh, called I Know My Prey, mm-hmm. uh, which means that you get plus one to all your roles when you know that what you're investigating, pursuing, or fighting is ghouls. Mm-hmm. And then you get to pick two more. Uh, have you yes. got uh, thoughts on these ones? I've got uh, yeah, I've got three in mind. Okay, let's let's see what those are and and discuss. So the three that I really like are Berserk, which is, and I've got a different spin on Berserk to how it's written. Okay, so it says, <clears throat> no matter how much harm you take, you can always keep going until the current fight is over. During a fight, the keeper may not use harm moves on you, and you cannot die. When the fight ends harm takes effect as normal. Oh, wow. I sort of read that as like barbarian rage um, in D&D. Sort Pretty of much. Like you're sort of taking, you can still take harm, but I can't, normally in this game, when you take harm, uh, there's al- always another sort of effect, like you drop something or you're staggered or, or what have you. Mm. Uh, you don't get any of those. Uh, you just take the harm. And even if you take enough to kill you, you don't die until the fight's over. I sort of see that as like an ice, icy sort of rage rather than a fiery red rage. It's sort of, um, if anyone's read, uh, like any of the first Law trilogy by Joe Abercrombie, like uh, the, the Bloody Nine has this image of ice that comes over him when he goes into this berserker state. Um, I yeah, I was thinking of that when you described it. It's like another person takes over and you're just, yeah, everything else just is... Just there for the ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's, there's some thoughts in the sort of like community of these books that think that the Bloody Nine is actually a possession, a demon. Really? Uh, of, of Logan Nine Fingers, yeah. Mm. Um, which could be an interesting thought to play. Bit of ghoul got in you. Bit of ghoul. Mm. <laughs> He's got a ghoul in him. Um, <laughs> the other thing I, I'm definitely going to pick is safety first, mm-hmm. which is when I've uh, rigged extra protection into my gear, giving me plus one to my armour. I already have plus one, so now I've got plus two armor. That's what that padding in the bike leathers was all about. That's the, pad, that's the Kevlar in the bike leathers. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I, I really liked was Tools Matter. With my signature weapon, I get plus one to kick some ass, which I think could be cool. 
But I think I think the two that I particularly like are Safety First and Berserk. I think they would they sort of go with his his thing quite well. Yeah, because that they and they pair quite well as well. I mean, there are some other really good ones though. I just don't know if they quite work for Cameron. <laughs> which ones do you? Which ones? So there's one called Never Again. So in combat, you can choose to protect someone without rolling. So I could. So I just got a ten plus straight away. Just auto succeed on protecting people in combat. Yeah, that's cool. Um, another one called What Does Not Kill Me. So if you've suffered harm in a fight, you gain plus one ongoing until the fight's over. Yeah. So as soon as you get hurt, you just get better at everything. <laughs> but um, that doesn't go with berserk because you can't take harm. I thought you did take harm. You just doesn't the effect doesn't happen. So that yeah, I can't I can't do harm moves when you take harm, but you can still take harm. Oh, so that does go then. Hmm. Uh, no, because I, I want to keep the armor. I think that'd be good. Mm-hmm. And then DIY surgery is quite cool. So you can do lots of different things. Um, it's a very 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 long post. This one, <laughs> um, but actually none of none of the things seems particularly good. And it's a it's a healing move. So like everybody can do some first aid. Like you spend a bit of time healing somebody up. You don't have to roll or anything. You just heal one harm on them. Mm. Um, but DIY surgery means that you get more. Op- you you do a roll and you can do it better. Basically, mm. like stabilize things. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems to be a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't seem to fit with Cam in my in my head. Sure. You know. So yeah, I think I'm going to go berserk and uh, safety first. Nice. Uh, so safety first pairs up with uh, moving on to your gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, as standard, you get protective wear that is worth one armor so with safety first you're up to two armor Mm -hmm. basically every time you take harm you take two less harm uh, which is means that you're super tough Mm. like you're going to be pretty difficult to hurt and then you also get uh one signature weapon and two practical weapons (laughs) yeah so does that mean the signature weapon is impractical i mean i mean listen to what some of the options are i can't wait i'm looking forward to this the signature weapons are a sawed-off shotgun, a hand cannon, a fighting knife, my particular favourites, huge sword or huge axe. <laughs> then you can get like specialist weapons for destroying your foes, like wooden stakes and mallets of vampires, silver daggers for werewolves. So we would need to decide what you need to kill ghouls if you want to pick mm-hmm. that option. And they do full harm, so they do extra harm. Whoa. Against those things. Oh, so not all special weapons. I see. No, yeah. So most of these weapons do pretty darn big damage. But this specialist weapon is only really good against that thing. Right. That's punchy. And there's an enchanted dagger, which I quite like the look of. Or a chainsaw. Oh, wow. (laughs) Nice and portable. (laughs) Um, So I would have gone for chainsaw, but it's got the unreliable tag. Uh. And I don't think that's really Cameron. I sort of see him as very clean, very clean lines and ordered way of operating. If we have that sort of like icy rage, then yeah, I can imagine like precision, like cold calculating precision being his thing. Yeah, and if he's taken time to like, make his armor better he's clearly not he's not about taking risks is he so so i've actually gone with a mixture of three of my favorite pop culture characters so the punisher obviously being one of them so and i'll come on to that in a second mm-hmm. the terminator being another one and blade being the third 
So Blade is going to have a fucking great sword. <laughs> so he's going to have a. But I want it to be more like a, more like a more like he's amazing with it rather than it being really heavy. If that's okay, so sort of yeah. he's super skilled rather than like it's not necessarily like the most. It, it's not like ridiculous. It's not like a great sword kind of thing that's like the same height as you. Yes. Yeah, I see what you mean. It, because it has the heavy tag, it is. It needs to be heavy and difficult to wield. But I guess we could we can customize if you want that. We could maybe take off the heavy tag and give it some other kind of disadvantage to to weigh out that we're taking that one off. Mm-hmm. Claymores were pretty massive and unwieldy, but like skilled fighters with a claymore were very very skilled with them. Just to give them that, because if you think like really big like great swords, they're kind of just almost yeah. like you're clubbing somebody. But I think <laughs> the claymore was a little more. I was thinking more like a samurai sword. Mm-hmm. So like they're actually not. If you don't know how to use a samurai sword, they're amazing. But if you're just a guy waving a samurai sword about, they're not actually that great because they're only single-edged and not great for poking. That makes sense. Yeah, I think we can keep the heavy tag on there, but we just treat it as... Because I think like how that would actually apply is going to be almost more for if somebody tries to take it off you yes. than, than when you're using it. It's difficult to wield. You know how to use it. It's difficult for other people to use. And I guess the other thing would be like if you take some sort of injury that mm. means that you like lose the use of an arm, then it's going to be really difficult to use. And I think that can still apply with something yeah. like that. So I've gone for I've gone for huge sword. I've also I've got to say that um, as part of my gear, I get to pick a classic car, oh, yes. classic motorcycle, plain pickup or plain van, and I've gone for a um, Terminator style Harley Davidson uh, low rider hog, which is going to be poodling about on good yes to complete the biker leathers look absolutely and then he's got two other weapons to pick and he has a 38 revolver a nine millimeter a hunting rifle a shotgun a big knife (laughs) brass knuckles or an assault rifle and i've gone for hunting rifle because that is a favorite of the punisher long-range snipery sort of thing very precise as we've talked about and then the shotgun for the terminator style twirly whirly shotgun (laughs) oh you've got to have like a holster in the side of your bike for it so there are three holsters on the side of the bike (laughs) one for the sword one for the shotgun and one for the rifle (laughs) we've talked we've talked punisher and terminator and and the joe abercrombie characters but i'm also now seeing cloud from final fantasy 7 has a bike bike with sword scabbards in it in in the movie (laughs) absolutely very nice okay that's your gear that is your whole playbook Uh, there are there's some history and then some introductions to make but we'll save that for when we're actually playing so uh, the only other thing really to to talk about is your relationship to this town that we're in Mm. so how how long have you been in this town See, I was wondering about this. I don't know whether this is this is the town, you know, this is this home. Yeah. Did your family were your family here, or is this where you got like carted off to when you were fostered? I would like to think that this is the nearest point to where the ghouls struck. Right. So whether that was on holiday or whether that was where he lived before then, I think he would gravitate back to where the incident happened. Okay, so maybe you've you've spent time away. Uh, maybe it's not where you grew up, but mm. yeah, now that you're an adult and you're allowed to go where you want, this is where you've come back to. Yep. Would you like to add a feature to the town? 
a building or a, a structure Ooh. or what have we got so far uh, we've got a fair bit. Uh, so we have uh, we have a high street. Uh, we have a village green with a duck pond. We've got uh, some woods. Uh, we have some, like, a, a grove of oddities that is kind of a little tourist trap. Uh, there's a local pub. There's a nearby amusement park. Oh, there's a library is the other main one. I'd like there to be, just on the outskirts of town, a ruined abbey. Ooh, I like that. Gives us some more history to play with. Mm. Um, And when we start the story, you are already, you've already kind of thrown your lot in with this slightly ramshackle community monster hunting effort that has just sort of stepped up to try and defend the town from the things it doesn't remember now that the DO can't be bothered. So what what made you join the organisation? I think he was already there. Mm -hmm. And so, well, like, maybe not that, but he, he... He was there killing monsters, and he just stumbled across some amateurs <laughs> going at it. And he could see they weren't doing particularly well. That you are all going to get killed if I don't help you out, kind of stuff. Yeah, sort of. He's he's just like cruising around, and then from the distance, a few heads just get blown off. <laughs> um, and the and the the little little amateurs think they've done a great job. <laughs> And then Cameron just walks out of the woods. It's <laughs> just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, passing on that training that you've benefited from. Absolutely. He, he doesn't really, he's a reluctant team player. Okay. But he can't just watch numpties getting mowed down by ghouls. <laughs> so he decides to try and help out. Well, who, he, who he thinks are numpties anyway? They're probably very good in his. I was about to ask, yeah, were they, yeah, is that just, does he think everyone is a numpty when it comes to fighting monsters? I think yeah, they have to be pro- they have to prove themselves to him, mm. you know, because it's all pretty easy to him. Well, it has been so far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the so the the thing about um, your mind is always trying to forget magic and monsters and things. So we, we've sort of established that lasting trauma is one of the things that can stop you forgetting. Is that what it is in your case, or have you got some other sort of? I didn't I didn't want to. Uh, force you to have the trauma being the thing if you want there to be a different way that you remember um i've got uh an idea for you stuck if you want it Mm -hmm. if you're saying that he uh like there's this tableau of um this kid that has taken like this rock and and brained a thing if he was smashing it so hard and like fragments came off the rock maybe you took one of those pieces and you've always got this little rock and over the years you've kind of like rubbed it in your pocket and it's almost become like a smooth pebble yeah, and you're, you're just you you could just remind it, remember it by always having this little thing on you like in your pocket rubbing uh, rock rock I get nervous yeah <laughs> oh Cameron's feeling nervous he's rubbing his rock <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I maybe a little like pendant around his neck which is um, yeah, I quite, yeah I quite like that that's good uh, and also his weapons are called Martin, Susie and Gabby <laughs> oh <laughs> That is so dark. Which which is which? Yeah. Um, his sister was the loudest, so she's the shotgun. Mum <laughs> always knew right, so she's the sword. And Dad didn't like to get involved in problems, so he's the hunting rifle. Wow. That's so good. Oof. Can I get Martin out? <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, Gabby knows best, is his, is his saying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so creepy. I have no more questions. Anybody else got any more questions about Cameron Jarvis? Does he does he have any 
personal relationships with anyone. Yeah, I think he's still in touch with the guy who trained him. Okay. I think I think he's in pretty regular contact. Like this guy is pretty old now. He probably I think he probably gets his his equipment and weapons and everything from this bloke who I haven't thought of a name for or any history or backstory. So I think he's probably got a relationship with him. Anyone want to chuck out a name? Um, Don't leave it to me because it'll be good with you. <laughs> oh, <too> bad, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ernest Baring. Hmm. How do you like that? Quite like Ernest, yeah. Yeah? Ernest. Nice. Ernie. Strong name. Yeah. Uh, and he's based at HQ, presumably, if he's able to supply you with stuff. Yes. Great. Okay. Oh, so he's still working. Think, uh, he's not retired then. He's still active member of the DA. I think it's sort of like, you know, um, in Men in Black, when Young, whichever one it is. Will Smith. You no, know, the other one. <laughs> K. K. Is it K? K. Is it K? Yeah. That, that's yeah. the Tommy Lee Jones one, yeah. Young Tommy Lee Jones. You know, they stumble, he stumbles across some stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, I haven't seen this film for a while, bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that's, that's in the official promo, isn't it? Stumbles across some stuff. <laughs> when Tommy Lee Jones stumbles across some stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one can remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like that. So Tommy Lee Jones stumbles across a young boy who just brained a ghoul and he decides to train him and look yeah. off. But sort of take him under his wing a little bit. All right, I'm going to have to practice my Tommy Lee Jones impression. <laughs> a question, though. Does does is Tommy Lee Jones the only person in the DO that knows about you? Are you like a vigilante? Would you be a vigilante in their eyes if they knew, or are you kind of unofficially sanctioned? I imagine that vigilante, you're, yeah, you're on. The, they have a file on you because you were involved in an incident, and they have to have a file on that. But yeah, if Ernie's the only one who knows that you're, who knows for sure that and can tie the Cameron in that file to the unexplained incidents of monsters being slain. Yes. That makes sense. That allows for some conflict at some point. I'm a renegade baby. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Okay. Well, Starkey, I think you're ready to play. Hey, can't wait. has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Natalie Winter as Gwynedd, Strat as Briar, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.
I see eyes are watching you. <laughs> I don't I don't know what song you're singing. <laughs> I don't know. It's what is it? It's every time someone's done this, I've had that little song go in my head. And it's something private eyes are watching you or something eyes are watching you. I'll look it up. Your Sounds mission, like a top hit. should you choose to accept it, is to find <laughs> out what that song is so that we it's can put it song. on the YouTube or something. <laughs>